able to see what God is going to do today. My prayer is that our hearts will be open, that our hearts will be sensitive to all that the Lord has in store for us today. I want to be encouraged today, knowing that the Lord is on our side. Amen? Amen. Amen. I pray that today that our hearts will be in tune and open because I want you to know that the presence of God is here. Amen? And I'm grateful to see what God is going to do in the lives of every individual in the house today. I was reading something that inspired me this week. It's a quote by Rupi Kaur, and she wrote this. If you were born with the weakness to fall, can we also understand that we were also born with the strength to rise? In other words, what God has instilled in us, even though, yes, we are frail, yes, we're human beings, jars of clay, but I'm thankful today that the presence of God is evident, and God is on the throne, and God is able to minister and encourage us today. Amen. Why don't we give God praise today as we celebrate all that the Lord is going to do? Amen. Amen and amen. As we begin today, can we be a little honest that 2020, well, let's just say it's felt like a whole lot more weakness that it's been filled with strength. There's been uncertainty, right? I mean, there has been pain, there has been suffering, there has been unrest. But I want us to see perhaps some good that could come from all that is happening. My prayer is this, that in the weakness that we have experienced in 2020, that this has caused us now more than ever to rely upon the power and the strength of God Almighty in our lives. Amen. Where would I be without the presence of God? Where would I be without God's goodness? Where would I be without everything that God is able to give to me? Because I am encouraged today to know that when I am weak, the Bible says that he is made strong. Can you believe that with me today? That we serve a mighty God and he is on our side today. Amen. This year has revealed the battle being waged between the forces of light and the forces of darkness. We need to be spiritually aware of where we are. God has placed us at this moment in history for such a time as this. Can I share that God has entrusted you with this moment? That of all the time of history that humanity has been on this earth, this is the time for us to shine as the church of the living God. Amen. In a time of brokenness, in a time of hurting, that's who we are as the church, light in the darkness. Amen. Salt, amen, that makes a difference in the world. Do you believe that today? We are called to be the church, the bride of Christ, a lighthouse here in the darkness. Amen. Whether we want it to be it or not, can I tell you that we are in the middle of a battle today. We cannot run from this battle because the battle has chosen us. The battle has chosen us today. Further, we have to know that in the middle of what is going on, God's power can be made strong in times of weakness. So this is the moment to lean upon the everlasting arms of the Lord. Amen. Can we share that we understand that weaknesses are part of life? We would acknowledge that, am I right? We, we understand that there is no individual except Jesus Christ in the midst of all the suffering and sorrow that we can never be excellent in every single area, right? From a spiritual perspective, God uses ordinary people to do 
extraordinary things. Amen. God uses ordinary people such as you and me today to do extraordinary things. He sees the potential as we are his people and the sheep of his pasture, and we are trusting in God's divine providence in our life. In fact, God is counting on us to do the work. Faith is more than just mental assent, but faith is oftentimes a means that we are called to be not only just with, with thoughts, but with action. The Bible talks about how faith without works, in fact, is dead today. Therefore, we are called to succeed because God is in us. The Lord is with us. And no matter the challenge that we are facing today, Jesus Christ is on your side. Can I explain something today that even though situations might be troubling or uncertain, we serve a mighty God today. And God loves you. And God cares about you. Amen. And he has a plan for your life. And he desires for us to be the church of the living God in the midst of darkness. God places us in different situations all the time in life. He expects us to respond to his call today. When we trust in the Lord, when we respond to him in obedience, that's the moment that God will receive the glory, amen? Amen. And can I tell you that as we continue that process of trusting and doing and trusting and following and trusting and obeying, you will be amazed to see how God will shine through you. Amen? God sees more than what you can see in the moment. You see, we see the problem, right? But God sees the solution. Thank God. In the midst of when we feel weak, even though we see our weakness today, can I tell you that God sees victory that's around the corner? Amen. Oh, I hope that you believe that with me. Even though God sometimes understands our frailty, we will see the impossibility of the moment. But I'm thanking today, God Almighty, that with God all things are possible. Do you believe that we serve an ever-loving God that is on our side today? I believe that. That is my desire and my prayer to see God's Spirit empower me to walk in a troubling time. And in doing so, walking in a manner worthy of the calling that he's placed in our lives. Amen. When we walk with our own reasoning, oftentimes we end up defending an enemy that we should have defeated. When we walk in our own reasoning with human logic and reasoning, okay? When we do so, we find ourselves defending an enemy that should have been defeated a long time. Time ago. That enemy that should have been defeated in baptism. That enemy that should have been defeated when we surrendered our all to God. That enemy when we said, God, I surrender my will and my rights unto you, and I trust in you to guide me and direct me. That's the enemy that should be all on the altar today and say, God, here is my life. I give you my all. I give you my purpose. I give you my plans. I give you my dreams, my hopes, my ambitions. I give you my past today. I surrender it all to you at Calvary. I'm thankful for the power of Calvary, the greatest equalizer in the human race today, because all of us have fallen short of God's glory, right? We are still individuals frail, filled with sin, but thank God for forgiveness. Thank God for the redemption story that's available to all. Thank God for Calvary being made real in all of our lives today. Amen. In Jesus' name, when we discover how weak we are apart 
from God, then we are perfect candidates for the power of God to be made real in our life. Amen. God doesn't give the hardest battles to the toughest soldiers. No. He creates the toughest soldiers through life's hardest battles. Have you faced some battles this year, anyone? You faced some battles? Sure. There's something being formed under the surface right now. (laughs) Because in our weakness, God is made strong. Have you faced tribulation and trials and problems throughout your life? Can I tell you that the same God that created the worlds into existence with the spoken word is able to speak peace and able to speak healing to our past today. Redemption stories upon us today. Why? Because we are learning to trust in him because the battle has chosen us, but the battle belongs to Jesus Christ and he will be the one that receives the glory through our lives on this side of glory and certainly in the life to come. I would give God praise for that. Amen. I love the story of Gideon that we find in the Old Testament. We see how God sees the weak and makes him strong. When God calls Gideon to be Israel's next judge and deliverer, he certainly did not appear to be the right candidate, right? Didn't appear as though he was the right individual for the job. But I thank God that in our weakness, God is made perfect in our weakness. Judges 6 And verse 5, it reads this way in verse 12. And the angel of the Lord appeared to him, to Gideon, and said, The Lord is with you, you mighty man of valor. What we find in this passage is God names Gideon prophetically. What Gideon was going to become, God's grace and mercy, it always calls humanity to greatness. Even in the midst of uncertainty, even in the midst of weakness, God is calling us to take the next step. God is calling us to surrender our life to him, our all to him. Even when it doesn't feel like we have much greatness inside us. What we continue to see in the life of Gideon is really the opposite of what God had named him in this passage. Instead of responding in faith, Gideon he questions why God had forsaken him. Well, that's an interesting point. That's an interesting thought. You know, but here's the thing with God. That never deters his plan for Gideon's life. No matter our questions today, God is greater. No matter the problems that we've gone through, God is greater. God loves you and God cares about us. He's desiring for us to enter into relationship, Him to go deeper in him today, despite what we are feeling in the moment. Judges chapter 6 and 13 continues the story. Gideon said to him, oh my Lord, if the Lord is with us, why then has all this happened to us? He begins to honestly question. And where are all the miracles which our fathers told us about saying, did not the Lord bring us up from Egypt? But now the Lord has forsaken us. And delivered us into the hands of the Midianites. And the Lord turned to him and said, Go in this might of yours. You shall save Israel from the hand of the Midianites. Have I not sent you? And for a few moments, we're going to speak on this subject. 
when the battle chooses you. Strength for weakness. Amen. In times of uncertainty, in times of our weakness, God is greater and God will provide us the strength that we lack. Do you believe that today, that we serve a God that loves us and God is with us? I want to encourage someone today to trust in the Lord, trust in his power, trust in his might, trust, Lord, in the power of the resurrection story to be made real in our life today. Because when the battle chooses us, it's in that moment that God can be made strong. Amen. Before I go any further, I want us to know something very important. You know, it doesn't matter where we are currently in our life. It doesn't matter where we have been in our life. It doesn't matter if we've failed the Lord, even how weak we feel at the moment. The battle belongs to the Lord. The God of glory is on your side today. I hope that you can receive that. No matter what you are facing, God is with you and God is for you. And even if it feels as though you have these feelings as Gideon did, I want you to know that God is with you and God is calling you to walk forward in faith. The most important point that I can begin with is how does God see you today? How does God see us today? God is not limited by what we think we might become, because he already knows our full potential. He sees our struggles. He sees our vulnerabilities, yet he calls us mighty in him. And as your pastor today, can I tell you in this room what I see? I see men and women and young people. I see all of you as world changers today. In this room, I believe that there are men and women of faith who are world changers that can rock our world with the good news of the gospel of Jesus Christ, that God is desiring us to fill this world with his love and compassion everywhere that we go, to love God with everything in that, in that love. It informs how we interact with one another today. God is calling us to live a life that glorifies him. My friend, I hope that you receive what God is declaring over your life today. You are a mighty man of valor. You are a mighty woman of valor today. You are a mighty young person of valor today. God's got a plan for your life. Would you give God praise for that? I believe that, and I hope that you can receive that today. You have within you God's strength to fulfill his mission here on earth. Amen. So regardless of what the world counts us as, we are his children and we are the sheep of his pasture today. Amen. We are marked with a precious mark. Amen. We are, we are partnering with God in his ultimate plan to see humanity saved from our sin. God has a plan to reach our world with the good news. The resurrection hope of Jesus Christ is available for all today. Amen. I recently heard someone differentiate between what bravery and courage is. What's, what's the difference between bravery? What's the difference between courage? Well, Bravery is simply the ability to take on difficult situations without any fear. Whereas courage is taking on situations even when we're afraid. Now, when I think of courage, I think of the life of Gideon. I think of how Gideon lived. You know, he lives life a little afraid, right? But he surrenders that fear over to God. 
And God does great things through him for his people and for God's kingdom. When the angel of the Lord first appeared to Gideon, he expresses his doubts about God's faithfulness. The gist is, hey, God, I, you know, and by the way, we probably feel the same way at times. God, if you're so good and you love us so much, why in the world am I struggling? Why am I going through all this hardship? Why is all this suffering and pain going on in my life? Gideon realizes God's speaking to him. He still isn't on board. He insists that he is not up for the task. Judges 6 and 15. So he said to him, oh, my Lord, how can I, there's an I, 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 how can I save Israel? Indeed, my clan is the weakest in Manasseh, and I am the least in my father's house. Gideon isn't confident that he's going to be able to accomplish anything himself. Now, he's fine complaining about how bad things are, right? (laughs) But when he's asked to do something to improve the situation, Gideon backs away. Can we acknowledge that it's often easier to complain than to act? Right? Let me say it again. It is so much easier to complain about something than it is to actually be part of the solution. I can be part of the problem or I can be part of the solution. We're called to be light in the darkness. It's not our ability, but God's ability through us. He's the one that empowers us and gives us the strength to bring hope in the midst of dark places. We're called to reflect God's goodness and God's grace and God's love to a hurting and broken world. Amen. When God makes it clear that he's the one calling Gideon, well, Gideon wants a sign just to be sure. I get it. And you know what? Gideon's request, it doesn't put God off. You know why? Because God knows our limitations. God knows our limitations today. It's easy to criticize Gideon for his doubts, but guess what? I've doubted as well. Time and time again. You know, I wonder, well, God, I'm not sure I can do this. But you know what? God has worked in my life. When I don't even see what's happening, he's able to do great things. He's empowering me to do things I thought were impossible. But guess what happens then? I doubt. So next time I'm faced with another difficult situation, right? I look at my resources. I, I, I. I feel inadequate all over again. There are times I feel I can't accomplish what's been placed before me. Sometimes it feels like the losses and the pains are constant especially during this season. Some days I feel like asking the question, Lord, I don't know if I can do this. <laughs> I, are you sure <laughs> you want me to handle this? <laughs> I think you've got too much trust in me, God, because I feel a little weary <laughs> in what I'm considering well-doing. But the Bible talks about this. Be not weary in well-doing. For in due season, ye shall reap (laughs) if you faint not amen today i want to encourage someone don't be weary in the battle don't let the world get the best of us don't get let the enemy get the last word in our life be not weary in well-doing my brother my sister but in due season keep on walking keep on doing what you know is right to do keep on following the word of god in due season you shall reap you faint not 
Can I share something very important? God's not looking at our strength. He's not looking at our ability. He's not looking at our natural gifts today. He desires for us to lean and rely upon Him. He wants us to trust in Him like we just sang a moment ago. That's when we know that our strength is made perfect in our weakness. The Lord wants us to know that the battle belongs to him. Amen. Can I tell you that even though the battle has chosen us today, even though we are born in this moment, even though we are living right now in 2020, the battle has chosen us, but God's going to get the last word. And God is on your side, and he loves you, and he desires great things in these last days. We've got to trust in God's grace in our life and trust in his power to sustain us in our weakness. The Lord wanted to save Israel by Gideon's hand. But Gideon wanted some proof, right? In fact, he asked for it twice. It's a church phrase that sometimes we call fleecing God. I don't know if you've ever done this. It actually comes from this passage here, Gideon's request. So Gideon's asking God, look, are you sure you really want me to be the deliverer of Israel? Are you sure it's me? If so, I've got this plan. I'm going to fleece you, God. I'm going to put an actual sheepskin, a fleece, out in this field, and I need you to make the fleece wet and the dry ground to be all around this fleece. Now, this might not seem like a big deal, but naturally this does not occur. This isn't some, some natural phenomenon. This doesn't work out normally. But when this happens, guess what? His faith rose a little bit, but he needed to confirm it just a little bit more. So he goes, God, now let's reverse it. Let, let, let me just make sure, okay? So this time what I need you to do is I need the fleece to be wet and the dry ground, okay? I need, I need just the opposite. Just do completely the opposite thing, all right? <laughs> and guess what? God answers one more time. Can I tell you that I don't believe, by the way, that this is how the how-to guide of how to determine God's will for your life? <laughs> Can I say that? This isn't the way this works, right? This is not how we grow stronger in our faith. No, what is, if anything, what we've got to do is when God speaks, we've got to listen. We've got to be in tune with the Word of God, the plan of God, the voice of God, the Spirit of God. Because God has said something to us, we better obey it. Amen. You know, it's not like, you know, okay, God, if you really want me to witness to that person, would you turn that light red as I'm driving down the road and I will stop my car, get out of the car, and praise God, I need you to... It doesn't work that way. <laughs> but when God leads us, when God guides us, we need to be willing to follow. We've got to be in tune with his spirit today, and God can help us in this process. Now, I get it. Sometimes we need assurance from the Lord, right? I understand that. Sometimes I feel inadequate to face something, I'll ask for signs, I'll, I'll get with people, I'll, I'll pray for me, give, God give me guidance, I'll reach out to mentors in my life, pastors in my life, I'll say, hey, hey, what do you think about this? I've been praying about this, would you pray with me? Or what is your thoughts on this? And godly individuals give me godly wisdom. I don't get sidetracked oftentimes by opinions of just people, because everyone's just like a nose, everyone's got an opinion, right? But I want godly influence to guide my thoughts. I want God's spirit to guide me. So I believe that God has placed people in our lives that can give us godly wisdom and godly counsel. I believe there's a reason why I'm submitted to people in my life. Why? Because I want the Lord to speak through them to me at times to help me. 
Because oftentimes, let's face it, when we are uncertain or weak, God can make himself strong. But we've just got to be in tune with his plans. Amen. God understands my frailty. He deals with my weaknesses just as he did Gideon's. He does so without scorn, without chastisement. Why? Because the Lord remembers that we're just dust. He knows we're jars of clay. After giving Gideon all the signs he requested, God says, all right, we're ready to get to battle, right? Gideon's like, yep, let's do it. He says he calls on the armies of Israel. Who will fight? 22,000 men show up. For battle, I'm guessing Gideon was he's pretty, pretty feel confident about that. Okay, 22,000, well, that's pretty good. That's a great army. All right, that sounds like a big, you know, big enough folks to declare war on the Midianites and overthrow the Midianites. But before he could get too excited, God says, look, that 22,000 is way too many. Too many soldiers, too many people. Um, so if anyone's afraid, why don't you tell them to go home? Okay, well, maybe a few of them will leave, maybe not a lot. Guess what? Overnight, 12,000 people leave. Oh, my. As a leader, you're thinking, man, when more than half your team walks off the field, there's going to be a problem. I mean, that's a big deal, right? Man, how are, well, 10,000, okay, well, well, at least we have 10,000. That's still a good number, right? 10,000, that's still a lot of people. I, I think that we can do this more than enough. But God was like, yeah, I'm not quite done. I'm going to have to thin this army out even more. So they went through some battle drills, and, you know, they went by the river to get water. And then God told Gideon, look, I need you to choose some soldiers that are aware of their surrounding. Okay, that sounds easy. So, yeah, those that lap water, you know, with their hands, you know, those are people who observe it. Those that just, they were so tired that day from all the drills, they stick their head in the water. Yeah, send all those people away. He's left with 300. From 22,000 to 10,000, and now down to 300. What in the world, God, are you doing? <laughs> there is no human way that 300 individuals would be able to defeat the Midianite army. But can I tell you that God's ways are not our ways. God's thoughts are not our thoughts. And in the midst of our weakness and uncertainty, if we will obey God, if we will trust in the Lord and trust in his might, great things can occur in the middle of our weakest points. God's power alone would be what delivered the people on that day. You see, God is big enough for our questions. But the real question is this. Is my faith big enough for God's glory? Is my faith in God big enough for his glory today? Here's what we need to understand. He knows our weaknesses. The Lord knows our weaknesses. And he walks with us through our doubts today. And he loves us too much to leave us where he has found us. Amen. We've all heard that hopefully, you know, we've heard this for a long time, right? Some of us, we've experienced this as well. He has not brought me this far to leave me. He did not teach me to swim just to let me drown. Amen. No, he is with you. He is for you. He desires great things in your life. If we will lean on him, trust in his power, trust in his guidance. 
I don't want to be led by human reasoning, but I want to be led by divine reasoning today that God's grace and power and mercy be made real in my life. Here's what I want us to see. God can handle our fear today, but we must embrace his call. We must embrace God's call. We've got to push through our hangups today and trust in the Lord. We have to push through things that are important to us and watch the Lord move in your situation. Watch God do what only he can do today and then watch him receive the glory. Amen. When Gideon is left with 300 soldiers, he's pretty scared. You know what? God knew he was scared. God knows when we're afraid. God knows what's going on. Guess what? He says, God tells you, just get ready for battle. I'll be with you. Don't worry, Gideon. I'm, I'm, I'm on your side. I'm with you. And God has one more reassurance for Gideon. There's this guy, he has this dream. It's interpreted to signify victory by Gideon's army. God, Gideon finally gets it. He finally grabs a hold of it. He has the courage to step out and do what God called him to do because finally he trusted in God's resources. Finally, he trusted in God's timing, as limited as it seemed. Judges 7 and 15 reads, When Gideon heard the dream and its interpretation, he bowed down. And worshiped. He returned to the camp of Israel and called out, Get up, the Lord has given the Midianite camp into your hands. Wow, praise God. Dividing the 300 men into three companies, he placed trumpets, empty jars in the hands of all of them, torches inside. Watch me, he said, follow my lead. When I get to the edge of the camp, do exactly as I do. And when I and all those are with me, blow our trumpets. From all around the camp, blow yours and shout for the Lord and for Gideon. For the Lord and for Gideon. What a transformation that occurs in this passage. All of a sudden, Gideon gets his eyes off his limitations. He gets his eyes off his weaknesses. He gets his eyes off the circumstances around him, the pains and the troubles and the uncertainty, and he fixes his eyes on Jesus, the author and the finisher of his faith. He says, Yahweh, Jehovah, you're with me. You're for me. I will trust in you. I will rely on your supernatural power to deliver us in the midst of this moment. If victory was going to come, there was absolutely no way human hands would receive the credits. Only God, only the Lord. God's ways are not our ways. His strength comes to us in the most unorthodox times. But I'm thankful for his strength today, amen? I'm thankful for his spirits. Aren't you grateful today that God is with us today? God is for us today. See, God never tells Gideon, hey, you know what? Yeah, you need another sign? What in the world, Gideon? What's going on? What's wrong with you? Have you not figured it out? Have you not learned yet? Don't you know who I am? I am that I am. He doesn't say any of that. God does never, never really speaks to Gideon about his failures. Instead, he walks beside Gideon, and he helps him through his failures, his shortcomings inside He's talking prophetically to that mighty man of valor. He called out, 
just a few passages ahead. He declares him to be what he's about to become. He spoke, speaking prophetically about Gideon's future. Despite Gideon's doubts, despite his insecurities, Gideon fulfilled what God created him to do. And God was the one who received the glory through Gideon's life. God called Gideon to deliver his people. But more importantly, God called Gideon to be different. Different from when God first found him. Okay? Called him to grow, to mature in the faith, led by the Lord, become the man of valor that God saw him to be. In the mighty hand of God, Gideon would become this mighty man of valor listed in the heroes of faith. God was with Gideon for the long haul, working on the people of Israel, working through him, working for his chosen people. God overcame every objection Gideon had by reassuring his faith. See, God was dealing with Gideon personally to address his own weaknesses. He called Gideon to surrender his own thoughts and ways to God's plan. God transformed Gideon. God delivered a nation. But can I also tell you that God delivered a man that day. He delivered an individual that day. Yes, he delivered the people of Israel, but he's looking to deliver someone individually today. I don't know where you are in this room, Gideon. Oh, man of God, woman of God. But God's trying to deliver us today. He's trying to release us from fear and doubt and uncertainty and to learn to trust in him and make him glorified through our life. God desires to bring about victory. He wants to do it through our hands and feet today. All God requires is a willing vessel. All God requires today is a willing and surrendered vessel. If God is calling to you to a task in which you feel inadequate, remember the Lord's not looking for our strength. He's not looking for bravery, natural ability. He desires for us to rely upon him. He wants us to trust in him. Believe that God is in control and God still rules and reigns the universe. And that his power is made perfect in our weakness. A powerful question we must answer is what does God see in you? What does God see? inside of you today. I believe that God sees a champion. I believe God sees a champion today. I believe God sees a world changer today. I believe God sees a David on the battlefield about to face your giant and gonna slay that giant by the power of God Almighty. I believe God is with you and God is for you and God has great things in store for the church. Does that mean it's gonna be easy? No, it will be challenging. These are perilous times, but we're called to be the light in a dark world. We're called to bring hope in a time of hopelessness, healing in a time of brokenness. How will we respond to the battle? The battle has chosen us. You're the one that's sitting today here in 2020. 
The war is waging. Society is crumbling. The world needs a savior. In my weakness, in our weakness, the Lord is made strong. What will they tell, should the Lord tarry, of how our life reflected Jesus in this moment? The battle is waging all around us. It feels as though the enemy is pressing the church, pressing society, causing us to point fingers, division, wrath, strife, turmoil. Feels like the enemy is chuckling in some corner somewhere. But can I tell you that as the bride of Christ, we're called to be the light in a dark world. The darker the night, the brighter the light today. How much of Jesus lives inside of us? Will we succumb to the trouble? Will we be part of that? 12,000 group that walked out on Gideon because we're fearful, we're uncertain. The battle looks too tough, Gideon. I don't know if I can handle it. You say God is on our side, I have my doubts. I think I'd rather just go back to my tent. Call me when it's all done. This is the moment for the church to shine. This is the moment you were made for. This is the moment God's spirit can be made real in your life. This is our season. This is the moment for the church to be the church. What will we do? Let's stand. What does God see in us today? You might be questioning, how am I going to get through? What am I going to do? God has called you to step out. God has called you to live differently. God has placed his anointing, his spirit within you. God is trying to equip us for the battle today. The battle has already chosen us. Here we are. We're in the middle of it. Last year might have been easier than this year. 20 years ago might have been easier than this moment. It feels like time is pressing the world is pressing. What will the church do? What will we do? What will you do? This is our moment to shine. Gideon, God has prophesied already to you. You've had all the fleece, all the questions answered. You've had the dream. Gideon has a choice. He chooses to be on the Lord's side. He chooses I'm going to trust in the Lord because God made a promise. And even though initially I thought you'd forsaken us, God, you were just setting it up for one of the glorious means that you would receive the glory through this battle. How in the world could 300 individuals overthrow the Midianite army? It was not built on human strength, but it was built through God's power being made real in the midst of uncertainty and unorthodox tragedy. But when we obey the plan of God, great things can happen.
my brother, my sister, would you begin to talk about this with your heart and say, God, I know it's been a tough year. I know there's things that I'm worried about and concerned about, things from my past that are hurting me. But the question is, in the middle of my battlefield, what will I do? I will run to you, Jesus. I will surrender to you right now. I know you're calling me to be a lighthouse in the darkness. I know you're calling me, Jesus. So I pray that I just release it to you now. I surrender it over to you right now. I cannot do this in my own ability. But I desire your will to occur in my life. Would you transform my struggles so that you will receive the glory. You might not feel so mighty right now. You might feel as though you're weak. But in our weakness, you are made strong. Amen. You were made for this moment. You were formed and, and fashioned for this moment. We've got to believe it. We've got to receive it today as we surrender it over to God and watch God do what only he can do. Amen. Would you just right now raise your hands to the Lord and say, God, here is my struggle. Here's what I have been wrestling with today, this week, this month, during all of this mess that's happening around me. God, right now, Lord, here's what's been on my heart. Here's my uncertainty. Here's my fear. Here's my pain. Today is a day to release it to the Lord and surrender it on the altar. Amen. I believe that the power of the resurrection story, Jesus Christ, is the one that can bring healing in the midst of hurt. He can bring restoration in the midst of pain today. The darkness will not win. Jesus is on our side today and therefore I will trust in Him. Today, Jesus, I surrender my all to You. I surrender my life to You. I know You've got a greater plan for me. I know You've got a greater future for me. So today I lay it on the altar. I pour myself out on the altar and say, God, I will trust trust in you. I'm encouraged by your spirit. I'm encouraged by your promises. I'm encouraged by your word. I will trust in you. In the name of Jesus. Oh, would you begin to give God thanks right now for what he has done. Oh God, we're not going to worry. We're not going to doubt. We're not going to fear. We will trust in you. We will trust in your power. Go ahead and talk to him about it right now. We're going to worship the Lord in song. And would you just elevate your need to God. Elevate the problem to the Lord. Trust in